This episode is brought to you by Zeratech Software Development. Are you a company whose commitment to excellence demands effective software tools? Let the team at Zeratech Software Development help build or enhance your technological systems with mobile, web, and backend solutions. You can find them at zeratech.com. That's X-E-R-A-T-E-C.com. Hey guys, today I sat down and talked to Buzz Johnson. Buzz built his own boat, uh, roughly a 38-foot boat. Uh, it's unbelievable to hear his story of what he went through to build it, uh, the the journey. It's a five-year process. It's been a five-year process. Uh, so just so fun to hear that, where that came from, and what that turned into. I really enjoyed this one. I hope you do as well. Welcome to the Obsessed Podcast. I'm your host, Logan Herkus. In this podcast, we get to meet and hear from folks who are obsessed with a wide array of interesting endeavors. We dive into some awesome stories and look at the mindsets and the psychology of those who are obsessed. Let's go. Buzz, thanks for coming in today. Yes, thank you for having me. Yeah. Here to talk about, I want to get into some of your construction experience, stuff like that, but here to talk about you built your own boat. I did. Yes, it uh, was in my mind for many years. I, I wanted to get a bigger boat. And uh, after mulling over many options and looking at uh, what was available, used boats, new boats, new boats were priced out of the question. Old boats were more or less buying somebody else's problems. So. Mm-hmm. I uh, thought about it and all my past knowledge and experience. I figured, well, I can build a boat. Yeah. So that's the seed was planted, told the family. And I don't think they really understood what I was in for. (laughs) (laughs) Did you understand what you were in for? I didn't understand what I was in for. Yeah. So I roughed out a estimate for timeline and cost, and I was about fifty uh, percent of what the actual cost ended up. Yeah, and I was about one third of what the labor would actually ended up. Yeah, yeah. but it uh, I turned out uh, a product that I'm very pleased with. Yeah, and uh, hope I can use it for many years to come yeah what i think i want to do is just paint the big excuse me the big picture of like what is the boat i mean it's a pretty big boat itself what's it made out of but then get back to what planted the seed what was that trajectory like all that kind of stuff so can you give the big picture overview like what are the dimensions size because that's part of what's what's impressive okay it's a 38 foot by 12 foot six steel hull boat with a, a fiberglass over plywood cabin mm-hmm. and uh it is what it'd be classified as a trawler hmm. it's uh meant to be a very fuel efficient boat it's got a top speed of about uh 10 miles an hour mm-hmm. and uh it has all the conveniences of home right down to a washer and dryer unreal yeah okay i didn't realize that so but is it primarily a, a fishing or a touring or all of the above or or what do you look at uh, it, it as it's kind of all above okay my hope is it doesn't turn out like an edsel where it's got everything but not good for anything right but i think uh, so far i'm very pleased with how it performs and huh so okay so what planted that seed initially because you're 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 in construction you before we got on you said you've been in construction ever since you're helping your dad at a young young age was it while you're in that world that it got planted or what planted the seed well uh let's start way back in 1960 when i made a trip to isle royal with a bunch of 4-h kids and uh after that trip i knew i'd get back to isle royal and so fishing trips in the early days of the late 60s started out with renting open boats over there. And then I got into uh, 
construction contracts at Isle Royale. Hmm. So the boats kept getting bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. That's a disease this boaters call two-footitis. Mm-hmm. So it went from a 14-foot boat to a 17-foot boat to a 25-foot boat, which we used for transportation one summer and made 50 trips across the lake with that Unreal. boat. Okay. And then uh, I got a 28-foot Chris Craft, which I've used for over 20 years. And uh, back, I would say around 2005 or so, I started getting the bug for an even bigger boat. Yeah. And uh, the recession of 2008 kind of took care of that project for a while. Sure. So uh, after that, we got sincere about getting a bigger boat. In the last five years, I've spent building my own and uh, finally got it into the water about midsummer and uh did the sea trials and got to do a little bit of traveling up to agate harbor and back hmm. and uh things have worked out very well yeah for sure uh so i didn't realize that you had been to isle royal a ton then since that first trip right i mean 50 times oh, oh, in one yes. summer yes i've well over 100 passages to and from Isle Royale. Yeah. Uh, both as uh, construction and uh, a lot of trips just for pleasure. Yeah. On the pleasure end of things, do you do a lot of fishing or is it more touring? Or Are you a big fisherman? Do you like to fish a lot? Uh, I like to fish, yes. Uh, also, uh, Isle Royale is a very interesting place. Yeah. Lots of nooks and crannies that deserve exploration. Mm-hmm. And uh, you get to places and go for short hikes and whatnot. Yeah. But uh, I guess fishing is the big draw. Sure. Or at least that's the main excuse, right? And then you explore outside of that and whatever right. else. That's, hey, okay. that's right. Yeah. Crazy. Okay. So you had this, what you said five years ago, you built your own boat. But there's was there a moment before that that you're like, hey, maybe I could build it and it took a while or you heard about somebody else or you read a book or what was it that said, I can build my own boat? Well, uh, I wanted to build a boat or I didn't want to build a boat. I wanted a boat. Sure. And I started looking at used boats on the internet and there was a few local boats that uh, I looked at and uh Nothing really fit the bill, and all I could see is working on something that uh, you didn't quite know what was wrong with it or mm-hmm. what needed repairs. So I figured if I build one, I'll know what I got, and it'll all be new. Right. So that's, yeah, it's good. But there's still like a different a difference in that versus me. Like if I want a boat and I don't have the funds. Uh, or I can't find the place. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not getting a boat. Where you're like, okay, we're gonna build a boat. Like that's a. Uh, do you did you have uh, experience? Do you have relatives that have done it before or something like that? Or where? Well, uh, through my years of growing up and in construction, I was gifted with being associated with many wonderful tradespeople okay. that I learned from. And uh, one in particular was my grandfather, who was a blacksmith. Okay. Yeah. And I spent a lot of time on his farm around the blacksmith shop, and we took for granted all the things that were handmade that we used every day on the farm. Yeah. And uh, then working with my father, who was a builder, and then getting into business for myself and working with uh, good mechanical and plumbing people and I have a father-in-law who was a master electrician who helped you out and he took the time to explain stuff to you Uh, by the way I think the electrical on a boat was by far the most complicated part of the whole thing Hmm. and it's something you never think about or see right right yeah yeah crazy so but you're saying like the 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 just the lifetime of history that you have 
is what gave you the confidence to say that you can do this and also gave you the inspiration to say that you can do this? Yes. Uh, through my years of construction, I've uh, worked on many challenging projects. And you soon learn that if you ask around, you'll find somebody who has done it before. Okay. So you talk with them. You, you learn how to do it. And uh, you just have to have the confidence when you get into a project that you'll figure out how to get it done. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so, but, okay, so you made the choice. I'm going to build my own boat. Did you ask around a bunch? Did you talk to a lot of people? Did you read any books? How did you get into the process itself? Well, I... Uh, had an outline of what I wanted in a boat. Mm -hmm. And I started looking at uh, boat plans. Hmm. And I finally found one that uh, was a trawler. It looks like a tugboat. Uh, it had important items such as an engine room you could easily access rather than crawl through hatches in the floor. Yeah, uh, The layout was there it was something more or less suited for the cold waters of lake superior where you had lots of cabin space mm -hmm. and whatnot and then uh once i decided on that the family started buying me books on building boats for christmas <laughs> <laughs> so we did lots of uh reading about construction and equipment and uh, even books on cruising, so you know what you needed to include in the boat, the, sure. the, the minor stuff. Mm -hmm. So it was a process. Yeah. What is? Can you define a trawler, that style of a boat? Uh, a trawler is a displacement hull boat. Okay. And uh, it is designed to be efficient at what we call hull speed. Okay. And the design of this one, 10 miles an hour, was the most efficient halt speed. And it didn't require more than 70 horsepower to get there. Hmm. So anything over that is just a safety factor. If you need a little push to get into a marina or a, a rough weather, you had a little more power. Sure. Uh Really, that is the basis of what a trawler is. Okay. Yeah. And what's the benefit of that versus a different kind? Is it efficiency or what is the big oh, benefit? Oh, yes. Uh, for example, my 28-foot uh, Chris Craft got a mile to the gallon. Okay. This will get at least three miles to the gallon, and hmm. it's got twice as much room. Right. And when you're retired... If you go somebody someplace and it takes five hours instead of three, what yeah. difference does it yeah. make? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so uh, once you started the process, were you retired or I don't even know, are you retired right now? Uh, I'm old enough. Okay. <laughs> sure. But uh, I'm always busy right yeah. now. Uh, after the boat, I've uh, been working on a summer home up at Agate Harbor. Okay. So I work every day doing something. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But not as actively engaged in the day-to-day -day operations of the construction world. Uh, I have the good fortune of having two sons who've pretty much taken over the business. Okay. But uh, my experience is still important for the range of projects we do that I go in there and help a bid projects and mm -hmm. Uh, figure out how to get it done. So I'm, sure. I'm usually in there a few hours every day right. in the office. Yeah. Uh, helping guide things or just be a, a helping hand or like you said, the biggest part is the just advice, right? You've seen yeah. a lot of things. And I still enjoy getting out there early in the morning and make sure the trucks are loaded and talking with the guys and getting them on the road. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Did you so did you enjoy construction from a young age? Did I enjoy it? Yeah. I guess uh, I always thought that that's what I was going to be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I'm curious if there was a transition point in the construction world. I still want to talk about the boat, but I'm curious in the construction world. If you enjoyed that, 
what was the journey and the transition or what was that like working with employees? Like, was that a, must be an ever learning thing, but did you get to the point where you, that was a big part of it? Well, uh, as a kid, I grew up spending summers with my father, a lot of kids played baseball and went swimming. I got up in the morning and packed lunch and went to work. It's what I enjoyed doing. Yeah. And, uh, by the time I was uh, later teens, uh, my father just expected me to go out and run the job. Mm-hmm. I was not, uh, it was an assumption. Sure. And I guess uh, knowing that fact, you develop a whole different set of skills of uh planning the job and making sure you got the materials and the, the likes of that and yeah. uh, dealing with the customer. And it's a, it's a process to get there where you can do it. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. But <clears throat> thinking about the boat then, okay, you said that your, your kids bought you some books on the building itself, on navigating, uh, all that kind of stuff. But at what point did you say, okay, this is real let's start ordering some steel or what was that like? <laughs> I guess from the beginning it was decided I'm going to build the boat. Yeah. It was just a matter of figuring out how to do it. Sure. And, uh, uh it's, it's, uh, you got to digest a lot of material. Yeah. Right down from the thickness of the material you're going to use to, uh, later on it's paint systems and uh, every corner you turned you had to learn something new yeah 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 so um do you enjoy that the learning process i did my wife didn't okay she could never understand how anybody could ever spend that much time on the internet right but yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, right. Like you said, each step is so critical, right? But you don't even realize you're getting into it, and then you get to the next point, and yeah, you got to learn it to make sure you do it correctly. Well, yes, but you have to understand overall all of the systems that go into that boat mm-hmm. from day one, right? Because it's all has to fit in there. You have to figure out how to road it. it it's uh, even to start, you had to know a lot about uh, what goes into a boat. Yeah, sure. A lot of forethought, right? Because if you do, you make some, if you didn't know everything, you're going to make some poor decisions up front that are going to really hurt you later. Uh, that's true. And uh, I say there was very few things that, uh, I had to undo. Okay. <laughs> but uh, there were some decisions that came later on in the project. Like uh, we wanted to put in a little diesel cabin heater. Mm-hmm. Well, it takes some real thinking. Now, how am I going to get that to fit in there? Something that's already full of stuff. Right, right. You know, but uh, you figure it out. Yeah. Did you get it in there? Oh, we got it in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you knew, I, I'm somewhat like I was asking you about like, what's the trajectory and at what point did you know whatever else sounds like from the start, you knew it was just a matter of how, right. Or, right. or if, and or not if, but matter of just when basically at that point. Um, but what are those first steps? Like, I mean, straight up on a, on a logistical level, you bought a bunch of steel and you start cutting it out or what are the first steps? Well, that uh, the, the first thing I did is, uh, I had a carpenter shop in Calumet in an old building that mm-hmm. had lots of floor space. So when I got done with all of my projects lined up for the shop, I moved things back and I got enough painted plywood laid out that I could loft out the whole size of the boat. Okay. And I spent most of that winter lofting it out and making plywood patterns for all of the steel parts for all the frames and whatnot Hmm. and uh in that process you have to include where uh the mechanical items are going such as engine beds uh the the rudder 
supports and whatnot. You, it, it's all in there. You have to figure out how to get it in there at that point. Right, right. And so then we took uh, the patterns apart and the part I had lofted out all of the frames on at full scale, I took to the shop and I cut the steel parts out to match the patterns, hmm. lay them all on there, tack weld them together, and make sure everything fit. Hmm. D probably an elementary question, but what do you mean by loft out? Are you saying you're making life-size well, replica uh, of plywood? Yeah, lofting came as a term in a shipyard. Okay. Because it was the only space in the shipyard building big enough and free enough to lay out a boat was in the loft. Okay. Huh. So that's where the term loft came from. Okay. And actually, it's just drawing out the boat. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but you're saying drawing it out or make lot, drawing on paper or? No, we drew it right on the sheet of plywood. Huh. All the sheets of plywood. Okay. So that as you made parts, you could... Uh, lay them on there and make sure they fit yeah yeah huh. okay yeah. um so that was the first process what did you what what happened next okay then uh i decided where to set up to build a boat and i picked a spot behind our mechanic shop and uh graded it out got a good gravel bed down put some ties down like railroad ties mm-hmm and built a steel framework which would fit inside the boat with a reference line mm -hmm. and we built the boat hull upside down okay and as each frame was made i welded an angle iron at that same reference line mm -hmm. so when we placed them on there they were all at the right height huh. and the right spacing right and it started looking like a boat. <laughs> yeah, right. So you're building an upside down hull, but you're doing everything, right? You're cutting the welding. You're uh, you're cutting the metal. You're welding, whatever it is. You're doing every every bit of it. Uh, yeah. I think at that point they still thought I'd never finish it. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Crazy. I could just picture though. Yeah, like you know your yeah dad's out making the boat or whatever else i don't know it just seems like it's uh such a far-fetched thing you just don't even hear people doing it i mean of course it's it's conceptually understandable but to think that you're going to go from that to a finished product is just hard to comprehend i guess that's why this is so cool right but forrester research interviewed 206 senior technology leaders in major organizations responsible for software development sourcing 63% said their software development service partners do not have a full understanding of their end customer. If you're dead serious about moving faster and getting more done, Zeratech Software Development can help you move forward with confidence. Let the team at Zeratech Software Development help solve your problems with mobile, web, and backend solutions. As they align with their clients, they use a proven method to understand the scope of the problem and help demystify the steps to make it go away. They will deliver the software solution you need, and they do it with the integrity that you'd expect from a family-owned business in the heartland of America. Schedule a call with the team at Zeratech today at zeratech.com. That's X-E-R-A-T-E-C.com. Um, so you're building that hall upside down. You complete that and you flip it over and then build up, or what do you do from there? Yeah, it, it took me a couple of years to get... Uh the work done on the hull. Okay. And in the hull, it has integral tankage for the fuel and the water. Mm -hmm. So those were all built as part of the hull. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, we got uh, the prime coats on there. So once we turned it over, it was all primed. Yeah. Okay. And that was the... Uh, challenge was flipping the boat over yeah <laughs> so we had uh, a couple forklifts over there and some big slings and chain falls and and a few extra guys and it took a good part of a day to get it rolled over yeah and uh i had thought 
that, well, we'll just roll it in the slings. Well, we got to a point where it wouldn't roll anymore. It started sliding in the slings. Mm. So I got another big uh, sling and rigged it to the gunnel and hooked up the bulldozer and gently pulled it over. And then it slid in the slings to be upright. Yeah. Huh. That was a rush. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine. <laughs> you spend two years on a project and then you see it sliding like that, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so then we blocked it up, made some stanchions, got it all level Okay. at that point. So from then on, that was the reference. We were level to put in the, all of the framing for the the soles or the floors and whatnot. Hmm. So. Okay. So then from there, what's the next step? Just start building up? Uh, well, uh, at that point, we had to finish out uh, the steel decks and the combing, which is another about 18 inches or so, which extended up past the decks. And then uh, I think the most challenging part of the whole steelwork was uh, there's a half pipe okay. wrapped around at the... Uh, deck height okay and getting that uh pipe to ease itself in there yeah took a lot of patience and heating and shrinking and yeah what's the what's the hat pipe for i'm just not quite visualizing it It, it's like a bumper okay okay it's uh sure it stiffens up the boat quite a bit okay yeah huh okay and that took a lot of manipulating and stuff to get that in there hey yeah, it did. Okay. Yeah. But then from there, so you got your deck on, it's all steel to this point, right? Yeah. At some point you have plywood with... Yeah, uh, then we uh, built in uh, the framing for the... Let's let's call it the floors. Okay. If it's not a coal, it's the soles. Sure. <laughs> okay, built the floors. Then uh, the, the second winter, when it got too cold to work on the boat anymore... I went back to my shop in Calumet, and I had uh, made up a mock-up of what the shape of the cabin would be. Mm -hmm. And off of that mock-up, I started building the framing for the cabin. Okay. And I had to panelize the whole thing so I could take it back apart and get it out the door. Right, yeah. And off of the same mock-up, I pulled the dimensions to build the deck and to get the shape of the deck where the cabin's going to fit. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, it fit. Hmm. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, it was a, a, a real pleasant surprise to find out that everything bolted on there. Yeah. And uh, then we got it all uh shelled in with the plywood and got the fiberglass on the outside and pulled in whatever we needed as conduits for wiring then i had uh the whole boat spray foamed okay for insulation and sound hmm. and then uh the finesse part started right doing the interior finishing and whatnot and yeah uh, I had originally intended to use windows, which I salvaged out of an RV. Okay. And uh, my son Joe worked on me for long enough that I finally relented and got real marine windows, yeah. which I'm really happy we did. Right. And the marine windows are... Similar to what you see in an RV, but built a lot better. Yep. And the glass was a lot thicker. Okay. So it was designed for a boat that worked sure. out well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. At a certain point, as you have that much time invested into it, you you got to do it right, right? Well, yeah. I guess that's items like that is what blew my budget. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Same thing. But I, I could see doing the same thing. Like, why wouldn't you at a certain point you realize how much time you have invested into it. Yeah. It's not even necessarily like, Hey, I'm saving money versus buying the new boat at a certain point. It's like, this is bigger than 
buying that new boat or not. Like you internally, you're making this project, uh, at the end of it, you got a lot of pride into it. I don't know. It seems like it's a, it's a, it's a crazy journey. Um, so now you're starting the finesse work. Yeah. And, uh, a lot of that was, uh, things, materials, uh, like a cherry paneling, mm-hmm. which was, uh, left at a house I had gone to f- help finish out. And I used a lot of cherry in mm. the cabin work. And I made, uh, pine and cedar wainscoting out of uh, edgings and slabs as the boys were cutting lumber at the sawmill, took it in, dried it out, machine wainscoting out of it for the the ceilings and the forward cabins were all nice cedar paneling and whatnot, so. Yeah. And and you got you said you've got a washer and dryer. You must have you have a bedroom and a bathroom down there too. Or what's the layout of the, well, of the cabin? Let's call it a head and a berth. Okay, okay. sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can appreciate yes, that. Yeah. And, uh, I wanted to get a washer and dryer in there, and uh, that was a real shoehorn of a project. Yeah, but we finally managed to fit it in. Yeah. <laughs> How come it was such of a, just between space and navigating the power and the water hoses and all that? Or what was the... Well, just uh, finding a, a space available to get it in there. Yeah. It uh, was the challenge, but we got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so... And, and finesse work from there, but then also you mentioned the elect, the electricity or the electric part of it was way more uh, complex and the hardest part you expected that you didn't necessarily expect? Oh, yes. And, uh, I have a friend who came to the rescue. I knew what had to go in there, and I knew the fundamentals of what to do. But I had a friend who spent countless hours with me in there pulling wires soldering connections yeah uh that was a big project yeah yeah it isn't uh just lighting and outlets it's all of the electronics that goes in there and uh, you know you you start with a bare engine and you got to wire the engine and (laughs) right yeah yeah all the equipment that was in there it all had to figure out how to wire it up and get it into panels and uh, the right fusing for everything. Mm-hmm. We have a whole uh, binder alone on the electrical for that boat. Yeah. 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 Crazy. Um, and, I, and I should go back to one spot. Yeah. Is the power for this boat. Okay. Uh, along with the books I read about what horsepower would be necessary for this boat. And I figured out a little four-cylinder diesel ought to be about right. So the neighbor had an old bread truck down there with a four-cylinder Cummins engine in there, which was ancient. It was a block was from 1986. Hmm. So I worked a deal with him, and we got the engine out. And we stripped it right down, rebuilt the whole thing. And uh, I guess that engine fit one of the criteria for that boat is keeping things simple. Yeah. Simple. It's got one wire for the fuel valve Mm -hmm. and a starting circuit. Right. And it runs. Yeah. Yeah. As long as there's fuel in there. It'll keep going. Huh. There's no fancy electronics or anything on it. Right. So that's, uh, to me, that is uh, one of the primary design criteria when I did things was to keep things simple. You can add on all the frills you want, but you have to have something that keeps operating. Sure, sure. Yeah. And you try to do that from a functional and an aesthetic level of keeping things simple? Oh yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so you're then you're doing finesse work. You're getting that done. You're that you're putting the engine in. Uh, your electric, uh, your electronics, all that kind of stuff. 
then it's completing the outside. And I guess that's part of the finesse work, right? The fiberglass and the roof on the cabin and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But yeah. at what point then are, are you at this point, you're getting pretty much close to saying, Hey, this is a completed project or, or what's the, what's well, the finalizing steps? Yeah. By the end of year four, I had a list of things to get done. Yeah. And, uh, we were closing in. It was just more or less details after that. Yeah. And then, uh, one day I realized, you know, I should get insurance on this thing. Yeah. So I started inquiring about the value of this boat and insurance and whatnot. And being a homemade boat, it was really tough finding anybody that would insure it. Hmm. And finally we found an insurance agent who took the effort to find a company that would insure it. With the stipulation, I had to have it surveyed by a professional boat surveyor. Hmm. And uh, I found a guy in Bayfield that came over, an older gentleman. And uh, the first thing I told him, I had built it to ABYC standards. Yeah. ABY standards is American Boat and Yacht Council. Okay. And that writes volumes of information on how systems for a boat safety whatnot and it is what coast guard uses as their bible for looking at hmm. inspecting boats mm -hmm. so with that the uh, surveyor was pleased they only found a couple items which were more or less unfinished rather than errors okay and uh, we took care of all those items, and the insurance company would let me put it in, but I could only go five miles from the dock hmm. <laughs> until I had the uh, surveyor come back and do uh, sea trials. Okay. So we did the sea trials. Everything worked out very well. Part of sea trial trials was... Uh, Checking temperatures in the engine room, and, uh, doing starting and stopping and navigating and everything worked out except for a couple uh, changes I had to make. Uh, the major one was uh, I had made the swim platform a few inches too low. Okay. And it would splash water that would come back into the scupper. Sure. So the spring I got to get down to the marina and uh, raise the swim platform up a couple inches, then we'll be ready to go. Right. right. <laughs> um, so, but then you, thinking back to when you had it completed and now you're looking for insurance and you're trying to get it in the water or whatever else, was that pretty crazy to get it in the water? I mean, I can't even imagine the experience. Well, uh, being that it was built in my yard in Trap Rock, getting it to the water <laughs> so we had to build a trailer yeah and uh this trailer we had to design so the boat could be as close to the ground as possible because uh we we're pushing 14 feet for height yeah so uh i had a nephew who was a good welder and between the two of us we fabricated parts for a trailer and put them underneath the boat yeah and get everything connected and then lowered the boat into the trailer mm -hmm. so we got her out of there <laughs> and then uh we took a ride to the marina in lake london and checked and double checked wires <laughs> and everything cleared yeah so one early one Saturday, we decided to pull it to the marina using our trusty old farm all farm tractor. Yeah, because that had a uh, the option of raising and lowering the height of the hitch. Sure. So that went well. Got it to uh, the marina, and then we had to finish assembling items which we knew wouldn't clear such as the exhaust stack 
radar items like that up on top of the captain. Mm-hmm. Spent about half a day getting that on, and finally we were ready to put it in. And uh, got it in, no problem. Yeah. Got it fired up, checked things over, checked things over again. Then we decided to take it out on the lake. And in with the regular crew, we had two of the local mechanics who decided they ought to come with. Yeah. <laughs> and I started counting. There was 13 people in that boat. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where they all came from, but they all wanted to be the first ones in the boat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that went good. We had one minor leak. Uh, I had a bow thruster in there that uh, hadn't sealed quite right. Okay. So we pulled it back to shore and lifted the front end up with the forklift so we get it out the above the water mm-hmm. and uh my nephew willingly went in that lake with a set of wrenches and we unbolted it resealed it put it back in and we were <laughs> good yeah yeah but when you were putting it in the water what were you thinking at that moment was it like hey i, I i just picture it to be just like unbelievable five years of time <laughs> unbelievable on a on a like an excitement level but also uh just a straight well, like, nerves or something right there's but, a lot of people more excited with me than me yeah i uh i just figured well it's going in the light that's it yeah <laughs> right it went well yeah but were you nervous i mean uh, not that you're nervous that you question your work but it's just still i mean how do you not get worked up about it but no not nothing. i wasn't as nervous as the day we flipped it over yeah i'll tell you that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> crazy yeah. So then what was the feeling like, okay, you get it in there and now you're driving away in the boat that you built. You spent five years, like talk about delayed gratification. Yeah. It, uh, you know, there's a little saying that, uh, the thrill is not in the quarry, but in the hunt. Right. You know, and, and uh, I really enjoyed building the boat. Yeah. And now that it was in the water, it was kind of a relief. Mm-hmm. But now it's time to start enjoying the boat, and it just isn't for me. It's for the family and friends, sure. That uh, I'll stop by to look and whatnot, and yeah, that's what the boat is really about, right? Yeah, that absolutely. I think about that a lot in life. I, I'm a hunter. I think about that and the fact that it's a. Uh, the, the hunt is the, the, it's almost entirely about the chase itself or the, the journey or the struggles that you go through there. And I'm thinking about you with the boat. <clears throat> the journey isn't the boat, right? Or like you said, it's the, it's the journey of building the boat and what you had to learn or whatever else. Did you expect that going into it? The, the, how much you would enjoy the journey and how much you'd enjoy the process? Uh, yeah, that's been my life. Yeah. I, I've uh, always had challenges of what I've done and I guess that's why I've ended up where I am in construction today is uh, uh, we do all the challenging projects and this boat was just another challenging project right right yeah. uh, but you said it was over three times what the the length of time that you had initially anticipated or yeah was that right yeah 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 there's did you have moments like uh uh Moments where you question why are you doing this or moments where you uh, Never. were getting frustrated with it or every bit of it was just... No, the only moment they ever had was this, well, why take a month off and go on vacation? I could be home working on that boat. Right. Yeah. I never told my wife that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So for five years, you thought a lot about that boat, I'm sure. Eh? Well, the first three years, I was still working. Okay. At least... Most of the time. Yeah. And then I got to the point and I looked at how old I was getting to be. And I says, well, if I'm going to finish this, I better get busy and finish it. So the last two years was full time. Yeah. 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 But even while you're working, I could picture that you're, you're, I mean, obviously you have to be engaged in your work, but like driving between jobs or whatever else or sitting home at night, it seems like you were you still thinking about the boat a ton, even during those first three working years? Always. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
And uh, along the way, I went through lots of shirts and pants and yeah. boots and <laughs> holes in me from burns and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. 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 So then you got it in the water last summer. How much did you ride it last summer? Quite a bit? Uh, not a whole lot. Uh, we, the home port is Agate Harbor. Okay. I don't know if you're familiar with Agate Harbor. A little bit, yeah. yeah and uh, we brought it up there, did our sea trials. Uh, one weekend we had a little family dua at Eagle Harbor for christening of the boat hmm. and brought it down there. Then after sea trials that sat in the water, I got uh, committed to getting my summer home closed in. Sure. So we ended up the last one out of the marina. Mm -hmm. <laughs> hmm. Brought it back from Agate Harbor and hauled it out, covered yeah. it up. So then what do you anticipate for this summer with the boat? Sounds like you had a few projects, but then is it more adventures with it or what do you anticipate? Oh, yeah. I, I, we, we have a few details we have to uh, work out, like I said, from uh, fixing the swood platform and uh, soundproofing sure. is the thing I really hadn't completed. Okay. And even though the boat is surprisingly quiet, we can make it quite a bit better. Okay. And that's a lot more pleasurable. Hmm. Uh, people who've boated know that boats are noisy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but do you anticipate any big journeys, trips? Uh, are you going to go to Isle Royal with it or what? Well, I'll, I'll, I got to get in a few good shakedown cruises here. And uh, I would really like to think I'm going to take it on the great loop really which is going down through chicago mississippi up through uh alabama yeah tombeji waterway in winter probably someplace like gulf shores where trees traditionally go to for a while yeah and then continue up the east coast in the spring and come home yeah would you go alone or what would you oh no nah, i think i'll have enough volunteers to accompany me yeah <laughs> uh Okay, crazy. So that's something you would enjoy, the Great Loop, taking that down. Would that be just because you're you're on the boat and you're testing that, or do you enjoy the thought of that uh, huge, grand journey? I think uh, what I find most interesting is not just navigating in itself, but the people you meet mm -hmm. and uh, the places you get to see. So it's just interesting. And, yeah. uh you find out it's almost like a, a family of boaters that do this. Yeah. So it, it'd be interesting. Yeah. Trip. Through the hunting world, I got introduced to backpack hunting. And mm -hmm. then through that, I got introduced to the thought of through hiking where these guys hike the Appalachian trail or the Pacific crest trail. Are you familiar with those at all? Yes. I am. Yes. Uh, and that's a world that I just can't stop thinking about for that reason. Just the, the journey itself like I would just, I would go tomorrow if life let it happen, but the journey itself. And, and I think that's the hugest part of it is the, the, the people you would meet, you're all kind of a collective family. Also the, the crazy sporadic things you would see, like who knows what it would be, the places you would eat, the views you would see, the, every bit of it just sounds unbelievable. And I feel like that's what you're getting at with your well journey. It, it is, uh, along with the construction jobs in Isle Royal. We've done a lot of work on lighthouses. Okay. And uh, that requires lots of challenging boating and uh, it, it gets you thinking. Yeah. There's places in Lake Superior that few people get to see, like Michigan Cotton Island and Slate Island and touring up uh, between Thunder Bay and Rossport. Uh, uh, there's all kinds of wonderful places to, to explore yeah. with a boat. Yeah. Do you look at yourself that way? Like, are you an explorer? Do you like to go on adventures? I do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, interesting to see. Yeah. 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 And that, that great loop is what you called it, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. I've heard of it for sure. Uh, one of my friend's dads is either completed it or in the process of doing it or something like that. But, um, yeah. When do you think you'll do that? Uh, if not this coming fall for sure the next year. Okay. Uh, we'll see how things play out here. Yeah. Um, one of the things I want to do again, because I'm interested in that through hiking world, for example, is I have a coworker who is going to go on one of those and I want to ask her beforehand what she expects going into it, what she's looking to get out of it, her thoughts going into the process and record that and then interview her afterwards and say, what did you get out of the process? Was it what you expected? Whatever else, just to, so for her sake, whatever else, and I think it'd be an engaging thing is what are how similar are those two things and how different are they? Would you ever be open to that? Like before you go on it, I want to sit down oh, and ask oh, you that. Oh, sure. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'd like to pick your brain on what do you expect going into it? Uh, what do you envision? How long will it take? What kind of struggles do you picture? And then interview you after. And I bet you you would have a hard to say. What do you think? Do you think it would be just like you expected or would you have, would it be quite a bit different? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> I'm sure it'd be different. Sure. Uh, it, it's every day you run into things unexpected. Yeah. Uh, you just take what comes and deal with it. That, that's it. Yeah. Uh, huh. The Great Loop itself, is that that's something you've thought about for quite a while? Yeah. It's uh, roughly 5,000 miles. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, I've thought about that for a number of years. I mm -hmm. guess that's one of the reasons I decided on doing the trawler hunt huh. for a boat. Right. Yeah. Crazy. That's, yeah. I mean, so when you even started building the boat, you had that in the back of your mind? I did, yes. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, it's not crazy. Like, it's awesome. But it's just crazy that, uh, yeah, just thinking about that delayed gratification of thinking that you want to do something you're going to build a boat, test it, work on it, perfect it, then go on the trip. That's like a seven plus, eight plus year process to to do that. Like that's that's impressive. Well, I don't know if it's impressive. Yeah. It was necessary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm sure you're glad you did it, right? I mean, looking yes. back, are you glad you did it? Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Did you have any regrets in the process? I mean, it doesn't sound like you overthink too much of anything. Like you're just like, no, this is the next step. This is the next process. I enjoy this. But did you have any moments or anything uh, you regret, regretted about it? No, no. I'm happy it's done. And uh, I hope I have years to share it with my grandchildren and boys and daughters yeah. and family. And right. That's that's what it's about. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what about if somebody else was thinking about doing that? What would you say to them? Would you recommend it or would you say, uh, or I guess what would your words be to somebody else that came up I, to you and I said would, that? I would tell them they better take a real close look at their facilities, yeah, their abilities, and what time they're willing to commit. Yeah. 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 Is it... Uh, I, I was very fortunate to have a good understanding of what was going into that boat from the start. Yeah. E even though <laughs> it's far more complicated than I anticipated. Yeah. I still had the ability. Sure. Uh, yeah. Sure. What was the most, it's not like you said the electrical, but was it like every step of the way was more complicated than you anticipated or what was that? Uh, not more complicated, more time consuming. Okay. Let's put it that way. Sure. And maybe if I was, uh, it's like a good tradesman. He can do stuff in half the time as a novice. Sure. You know, well, I'm the novice. Right, right. So everything took twice as long. <laughs> yeah, right. If you were to go, I mean, not like you're going to, but say you're going to go rebuild it tomorrow, could you do it in half the time? I could do it in half the time, yes. Yeah. But I'm too old now. Yeah. But plus, I mean, just because you've learned it all the hard way, right? Right. Yeah. 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 No, it's a, a rare thing that, that you did. Right. And, and, uh, I'm just curious if there's anybody else out there that would ever consider something like that. There must be. My wife's uncle is uh, huge into boating. He's very meticulous. Uh, I think he would maybe be intrigued by that for sure. I'm curious. I'll have to 
I'll have to mention it to him and have him listen to this or maybe come bug you. Um, yeah, crazy. But talk to your daughter, Margaret. At one point, she had mentioned something about you had a family member who helped build, or you said your dad or grandpa was a canoe builder. Also, something with some historical boats. Can you touch on both of those? Well, yeah. The, my father uh, liked working on boats. Uh, at one time, he would take in four boats or so from Isle Royal uh, Park concessions okay. for the winter and rebuild them, hmm. repair them, repaint them, send them back out. Well, that was years ago. Those set of boats is long gone now. Right. And uh, he worked on other boats, but his goal at as he approached retirement, he got into building cedar canvas canoes, the old traditional canoes. Okay. And... Uh, uh, the log I see, there was about 80 canoes he had built. Huh. And they've gone all over the country. Right. And they're just beautiful pieces of work. Huh. So I, I'm not that familiar. Cedar canvas canoes. Are you talking like a log and he carves a canoe out of it or laminated cedar? No, or what? Th this is all made out of, uh, well, first you build a mold. Okay. Which is going to be inside shape of the canoe. Sure, yeah. With steel bands where the ribs are steamed over okay and you get the ribs on it and then you plank it with little thin like 316 thick cedar boards mm -hmm. and then you get that sanded out fared out right and you stretch cotton canvas over it huh. and treat the canvas to make it stiff and hard right and basically, that's how the canoe was put together. Okay. Yeah. And he did that just as a, like a later in life hobby slash business kind of thing? Or how was that? Yeah. 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 Well, he had started many years before with the idea, just like me with the big boat. Yeah. And uh, at that time, he had his carpenter shop in the basement of our house. Yeah. And in the winter, if things got a little slack, he'd start working on a mold hmm. and uh then he'd get a cabinet job and he'd have to take the mold apart and store it away and maybe next winter he'd get back and do another few days of work on the mold mm -hmm. and that's what he pulled his first canoe off of hmm. and during this time he got involved with the wooden canoe heritage association which had gatherings every summer, mm -hmm. and he got to go there and see what was what the canoe builders are really turning out, and a lot of people had historical preserved canoes there. So he got a good idea of how to go about things. Mm -hmm. And then he started making canoes, and they were top-notch pieces of work. Yeah. Crazy. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. What about the, uh, again, I'm, I'm pulling straws here, but Margaret said something about a relative who helped rebuild some boats in like the Finnish American Heritage Center or something like that. Is that, what was that? Oh, uh, one time my father got a grant from, uh, <clears throat> I think it was U of M. Okay. Or maybe it was Michigan State. I forget which. But to a mentoring grant. And at the Honka Homestead, there was a river boat hmm. that they used on the Otter River. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to duplicate it. So he picked up an interesting young man my age mm -hmm. <laughs> from down around Otter River who was interested in working with him on the boat. Hmm. And just... By chance, one of my father's friends was a ham radio operator hmm. with friends in Finland. Okay. So I started talking to him about this boat. And the friend in Finland found information on these style of boats. And we found a boat from where the Honkas had 
come from in Finland right down to the number of planks on the side. Unreal. So we, even though this boat we had to start with was all flattened out from being left out in the snow, Mm -hmm. we knew what it was going to be shaped like and how it would all function. And uh, They duplicated two of the boats. One went to the museum, which is now at uh, Finlandia in their heritage center. And the other... The student got to keep. Okay. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Um, and the Honka homestead being the, it's out past Chassel, the old uh, Finnish farmstead yeah. that's a right. historical place, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you, you, like the, you, your dad, whatever else, your daughter, Margaret, super passionate about food. There's kind of a chain of where you get pa- super passionate about whatever you're into. And that's what this is all about, right? This podcast is all about. Um, it is. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess uh, our whole family in one direction or another has gone off uh, as independent thinkers. Let's sure. put it that way. Right. Right. Yeah. And uh, speaking for myself, you know, I I see so many people who work all year for two years, two weeks of vacation. I have vacation every day. Yeah. I enjoy what I do and uh, enjoy the challenges. It's, yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, I think that's partially what this is about too, is even to learn myself, hopefully other people get some value out of it, is just to live an intentional life. Like be intentional and do what you set out to do. But also, if you find yourself in a place where you don't enjoy what you're doing, make a change or make the switch and find an avenue like you found in the construction world, building your boat, whatever it might be, to live an intentional and passionate life. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. It's, yeah. uh, you're only on this earth once. Fill your brain up with good stuff. Yeah, right, yeah. right. <clears throat> so the Great Loop is something, again, I'm, I'm going to bug you I'd, I'd like to get your thoughts going into it and going after you. You said you would be open to that, hey? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and if somebody did want to reach out to you because they were thinking about this as well, is that something you're open to? If somebody wanted to reach out and just say hello and oh, can I pick oh, your brain for oh, 10 minutes? And, oh, definitely. Okay. Yeah. And then if you were, people are interested in the Great Loop, there is an association that has a forum that uh, every day they publish questions and answers huh. about the trip and whatnot. Right. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, you can tell there's a lot of people who uh, barely got their feet wet out there trying to boat. Yeah. <laughs> right. And others who can offer some sage advice. Yeah. So it's, it's a real mix of people. Yeah, involved with this. Have you learned a lot from that? Uh, even, even. Uh, I guess what I'm interested in is uh, facilities along the way. Okay, is, is uh, the big thing, and uh, you know, it's like uh, road construction. Yeah, when you're on a trip. There's locks construction. Sure. And if sure. you don't know about it, you're in trouble. Right, yeah. So you, you, you learn the resources to plan ahead, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, what a crazy, crazy thing. I mean, uh, it might not feel like it to you, but from my perspective, for you to build a boat is just unbelievable, especially of that magnitude. Mm-hmm. Uh and to put it all together and every aspect of it is just, just crazy. It's, uh, yeah, it's unreal. Uh, do you have any, like from the, the building of it, from the having it in the water, from drives, whatever else, do you have any favorite moments, like something that stands out above the rest or doesn't even have to stand out? Do you have a moment you can pick from where like, this is unbelievable in the build or the ride or the journey itself? Well, I think one of the most pleasing moments I had was uh, the day I put the steering wheel on the boat. Okay. And you see the grandkids in there. Yeah. With that steering wheel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
And by the way, the steering wheel was made by my sons. Huh. One turned the brass hub, and the other one turned all the spokes. It's a regular ship's wheel. Yeah. That's a beautiful piece of work in itself. Yeah. yeah. That was pretty cool, though. You were pretty pumped about that. Yeah. 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 What about that? Were you so pumped at? Was it that the fact that the grand grandkids were then excited, or was it that it made it more real, or what was the... Yeah, well, I guess, uh, you know, the kids would stop by and run around the decks and look at this and that. And once the steering wheel was in there, it it came to life. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Unreal. Yeah. Well, Buzz, I really do appreciate it. Thanks for hopping on. This has been fun. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, guys. Thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have and you feel so inclined, share this podcast with your friends, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen, and give us some feedback with a review. Until next time, thank you.